You're listening to Tulsa Talks, a Tulsa People podcast, episode 9. I'm your host, Anna Bennett. This episode of Tulsa Talks is brought to you by the Tulsa Botanic Garden, presenting the holiday event Garden of Lights through January 6th. On today's episode, I'm feeling extra festive because we've got Philbrook Museum Director Scott Stoolin in the studio to talk about the museum's annual festival. Then, Morgan Phillips takes the stage with a dramatic rendition of What the What? So let's talk Tulsa. Morgan Phillips. Tulsa Talks. I'll take Local it. Local music. This is Ann Brockman. Weekend Report. Anna Bennett. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Tulsa Talks. Stick around. There's been a few other, you know, we've had a few other events where it's kind of hors d'oeuvres are going around and suddenly Acer walks in with like a bird. <laughs> that, that, and, oh, uh, I brought like, oh, my own snack. There yeah. you go. <laughs> okay, awesome. That's the voice of Scott Stoolin, the now iconic director of the always iconic Philbrook Museum. In the past two and a half years, Scott has steered the museum in a distinctly modern direction. Think the Internet Cat Video Festival, the 80s-themed 80th anniversary, the bold interactive visiting exhibitions featuring the works of Andy Warhol and Mel Bachner. Plus, who can forget that tiny motel from which local musicians played their mini-concerts, which were live-streamed on Facebook? Philbrook even has a podcast now, Museum Confidential which, full disclosure, definitely had a hand in inspiring us to start a podcast, too. But Scott knows that there are some things you just don't mess with. One of those beloved traditions is festival, which longtime Tulsans may remember as the Philbrook Festival of Trees, an annual holiday celebration that sees the Italian villa decked out in full holiday glory, its immaculate gardens illuminated and glittering. But in addition to the warm familiarity, Scott promises us some new surprises, too. What what number for your career will this festival be? Is this, this like little, the third yeah, or the fourth? It's the third. The third. So my third festival. So I've been at the museum since uh, um, August was my two year anniversary. So I'll be kind of coming up by the time festival hits, big two almost two and a half years. Wow, <laughs> cool. But yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and so you, you you've talked a little bit about how the structure has changed in that you're capping attendance at one thousand every yes. night for this festival. And this is previously longtime Tulsans will know the Philbrook Festival is the Festival of Trees. Correct. So, and at what point was that shifted to be just festival? So five years ago, Festival of Trees kind of made a transition, and uh, you know, Festival of Trees was very popular for many years, and then that was really artist-driven. And what kind of waned over the years is there was less people interested in making the trees. The quality maybe suffered a little bit because of that, and it, it kind of was something that needed a refresh, as mm-hmm. a lot of things do. Yeah. Uh, so Festival was kind of the refresh of that and kind of thinking about how it happened more nights throughout the kind of run of the holidays and thinking about some different experiences. And then when I came in, Uh, two years ago now, and this will be my third one, Mm -hmm. is how do we even take this up another step and kind of revamp it? And so we want to have an experience you can bring the whole family and still has all that traditional things that people love about Philbrook, but has some new things too. Yeah. So what are some of the favorite top hit elements that keep people coming back year after year? What are some of those uh, enduring traditions? Well, I think having lights in the gardens and, you know, the Philbrook Garden is um, one of a kind. Oh, and yeah. so having it all lit up. And this year we actually are planning on having 
a lot more lights. That's that's so. <laughs> what a little birdie told me. So tell me about these uh, the the lights. How are you upping the ante on that? Right. So we'll have the kind of classic kind of light display that people expect, but we're going to add more lights to it, some more things in the pond, and we're actually this year going to have a light show that will happen at the top of each hour. So we'll have something that kind of takes it up a level, be performative in a way, and mm-hmm. have a lot more kind of um, – choreograph lighting that'll happen so we'll kind of have the classic there and then for a little five minute show we'll have something a little bit more and then we'll have lights that kind of go throughout further out into the garden because we're kind of drawing people out to the log cabin and other areas um, of the space that we haven't in the past you'll see a lot more lighting that goes out through the space and okay. a much um, I think longer richer experience because of that okay yeah I didn't even think about how the use of the lighting in the grounds is really um, an invitation of sorts. It really tells people, it directs their experience. Like, you know, you follow the lights and where right. you're going to go. And we want to kind of have people take a path. You can kind of go in any way right. you want, of course. But if you have a certain path that you take that we can lead you along and provide you some refreshments along the way and have a few other things that you can kind of have for your journey. But there's, you know, I think for a lot of people coming to Philbrook, they've never even ventured to the other side of the creek. Mm-hmm. And now we have a destination over there, and we also need to get people out there because I don't want people falling in the creek either. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's the, a practical the well, part of this well too. Well lit component. <laughs> exactly. So it's going to be a really nice journey that people can take, and of course, taking all those iconic shots of the lights oh, yeah. um, in the gardens, which is beautiful, and then even leading back up into the villa itself. We'll still have, you know, the holiday decorations as you'd expect, and all the different areas up there. Um, we'll have musicians that'll be performing up in the villa and also out in the gardens a lot of things that you would expect that have been there for years food options things like that and then we want to have people also take the opportunity to go look at some of the art and what i really loved last year is we had some people that kind of went into some areas of the gallery on festival that they for whatever reason hadn't been before and they discovered a different part of philbrook that's there all the time but just on festival we kind of got them to look at it anew yeah that that makes sense because you're sort of you know, you're at you're at a familiar place, but you're doing it for a more in a, in a more, I guess, unfamiliar or in a different way, which would lend itself to just being more open to discovery. Right. My favorite one. We had people that came in. I think it was I think it was last year, and they went down to the Crest Gallery, which is a lot of the Italian Renaissance mm-hmm. paintings there. And they asked, like, when did you get all these paintings? And we're like, 1963. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets you to see some things maybe you haven't yeah. looked at that. Yeah. Way yeah. Before. Yeah. How interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, old is gold. We got a lot of our top hits. But I understand the log cabin is a huge attraction this year. And obviously there's been a whole... How how long has that project been underway, that turning the old cabin into this installation? The actual installation and building of it's taken about six months. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty much completed now. There's a few little tweaks that need to be done, but for the most part that we're done. Um, The project itself has taken about 10 years um, working with the artists, but really the realizing here at Philbrook, it's been about an 18-month process and six months of actually putting it together. Um, So for for those that may not know about the project, uh, Carl Unish is the artist. He's from southern Minnesota, and he took an 1880s log cabin from northern Wisconsin. So he was on a logging camp. How he bought it was at an antique dealer. Uh It was in a stack just by basically it looked like a Lincoln log pile with numbers on it, (laughs) not together. (laughs) So he bought this kind of disassembled log cabin, brought it home to his studio and home, and uh, built it on his lawn in preparation for bringing it down here. Mm-hmm. So built it there. Didn't have a floor or a roof. Built all those pieces. Need to be straightened out. 
and then we put it on, um, took it apart, mm-hmm. put it on a really big truck, brought it down here to Philbrook, and then wow. built it. So the hook with this is that it's a log cabin as its original core, but it has all these pieces that are re- other recycled materials that make up the other components. So the roof, the windows, even the fireplace. So we collected books and glass from the community here in Tulsa. So the windows are stained glass, but it's from recycled glass from the community mm-hmm. here. I mean, it's it's hard to even imagine. Like, you see pictures yeah. of it, because I had heard it described, oh, it's like we added stained glass to a log cabin, but it's like a whole <laughs> other, like, magical, refracted dimension in there. It is, and it's different depending on the time of day mm-hmm. that you're in there. The morning is very different than, like, a cloudy day. Because the, the light comes are, in differently. Totally, yeah. So think about, like, a little chapel, yeah. like, in the mornings when it comes into the space. And then the roof is other features. It has basically a polycarbonate greenhouse roof that mm-hmm. has these shingles that are resin T-shirts. Like over the top is mm. the shingles. So it looks like a stained glass effect from the roof coming in, too. Interesting. And there's 150 glass lanterns throughout the, the roof, too. Oh. So you get different light sources coming in. And then the other little unique feature is between the logs, so the chinking, that would be like a, uh, like a motor kind of thing normally. He was inspired by thinking about the Dust Bowl and how people would stuff little pieces of fabric in between the cracks um, in their home to keep the dust from coming in. Mm-hmm. So when he took T-shirt material to do that between, but it's resin and has LED lights running in it. Oh. So at night, we flip the switch, and all of the in-between the logs glows. So at night, it's a whole different thing. So mm-hmm. um, the cabin will be a big feature of festival. We've got a little path to get you out there to it. And on that side of the creek, we have our um, garden, our, we have our edible garden there, and there's a little dome out in that. So we have bands playing in that space. The log cabin's there. And then we have uh, our restaurant is going to be doing food out there as well. Okay. So you can get hot chocolate, stew, grilled cheese, stuff like that. Sort well, of you, a reward for exactly. getting all the way out there. We may have some other drinks out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the other hook is uh, Santa will be visiting us in the cabin. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> and I understand that there's going to be some going forward that the log cabin is going to play into being a central part of other events. Is there anything yeah. about future plans that you're willing to talk about? Uh, I can share a few things. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's it's permanent. So people mm-hmm. know the cabin's going to be out there ongoing, but so you can come and use it. It's also open to public. Anytime we're open, it's open. We have Wi-Fi out there. We've had writers that are already coming out there to sit there and just work throughout the day. People can you know, rent it out for meetings, um, events if they like. We did a big harvest dinner out there a couple of weeks ago where we had 100 people on a big table out in front of the cabin at night. And we've got the fire pit going and things out there now. Um, we have bands that want to record albums in the space. So we're wow. working on a series there. We've had some small uh, programs that people want to have out there of various types. I think everything from poetry readings to different types of um, meetings uh, in the community that people want to host in that space. And uh, so I think all of that, and I will share one little thing. Carl kind of uh, christened the cabin. The one little request he had is the first night when they were done is he had a little game night out there. So he and a few of his friends were out playing board games out in the cabin until mm-hmm. about 3 in the morning. Um, so it's been used for a lot of different things even already. Yeah. Um, but it's air-conditioned. It's heated. Perfect. So it can be used year-round, and we invite the public to come out and check it out. It sounds really magical. I can't wait to see everyone experiencing it. We'll be right back with the rest of this conversation after a quick word from our sponsors. There's something for everyone at Garden of Lights, which runs through January 6th at the Tulsa Botanic Garden, just eight miles northwest of downtown Tulsa. 
Have your photo taken with Botanical St. Nick on Wednesday nights, or enjoy live music on Thursday evenings through December 20th. You can look forward to the sounds of the Bravo Performing Arts School, the Casha Hall Singers, Mark Gibson, and the harpist Lorelai Barton. Plan to linger since food trucks and a cash bar are available Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays through December 22nd. Or catch a ride around the Garden Lake on Holiday Express Train, which runs Fridays and Saturday nights. Speaking of trains, December 7th kicks off Holiday Train Week from 5 to 9 p.m. Train lovers, old and young, can see a large-scale model railroad holiday display and meet members of the Tulsa Garden Railroad Club. Are you sold yet on Garden of Lights? A limited amount of tickets will be available each night, and they must be purchased in advance. For ticket information and more details, visit tulsabotanic.org. Welcome back to Tulsa Talks. I'm your host, Anna Bennett. When we left off, Scott and I were discussing the new cabin in the Philbrook Gardens. Since this conversation, I've experienced it for myself, and it's truly magical. But the cabin isn't the only new addition you can expect at Philbrook's festival. So are there any other uh, new attractions for f- festival specifically? There are. We're adding a train. Ooh. So we have a little train that's going to be going throughout the gardens um, for kids and adults can go on it too. Yeah. But it'll be a little added feature that people can go on a ride uh, and see parts of the, of the gardens. It'll do a nice loop through the garden area there on, on the train. We also have uh, new accessible paths that go all the way out to the cabin. So if you're wondering about that. Okay. So strollers, wheelchairs, we do have a path that kind of takes you out there. And we're adding a ramp to the cabin too. So it'll be fully accessible awesome. in that space. It's a question that comes up a lot, mm-hmm. and it's something we're making a big um, push in the coming years of Philbrook is making it more accessible yeah. and inclusive throughout. So that's that's one of those things that's really top of my mind. <laughs> we can add yeah. more of that in. Yeah, to um, make sure that everyone gets to experience exactly experience it fully. Exactly. We'll have a full menu in the restaurants. There'll be good food options in multiple different areas um, you know, throughout, which we've had in the past, but with a new restaurant this year. Yeah, Kitchen 27. Yeah, Kitchen 27. Yeah. It's you know, James Schrader and his crew there. Um, we're doing a wonderful job. So, Are they planning anything special for during festival nights? They are. They're planning a different menu for that and if having a few different options. And we'll have you know drink options. And if people haven't been to Philbrook in a while, we welcome you to take your food and drink out in the gardens and take it wherever you like. So you can, And these uh, festival nights will coincide with burger nights, right? Correct. Oh, yep. boy. So you can come and get a burger, yeah. get a beer, whatever, and go out and walk in the garden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the other thing is that you bring your family. It's Everything's very fam- family friendly we'll have activities that you can make um make kind of a make and take activity for kids and adults if they'd like to participate in that so and then all of our exhibitions will be open as well so it'll be a whole variety of things for people to come and check out yeah and, and the the mel bachner or is it Bach- Bachner? bachner ba- yeah, yeah the mel bachner yeah. exhibit just opened as yeah. well and so that'll, that'll be, be open, open. yeah That'll be open. We open a new Albert Durer print show if you like more classical Mm -hmm. uh, art that'll be downstairs. And, of course, our our, our collection, which is beautiful. And and we'll have a lot of the areas of the villa decorated. So that's all open for people to check out. And then we also have one of the really cool shops for you to come and buy stuff uh, for your kind of wish list, uh, Mm -hmm. gift list for the year. And we have some new things this year for that. So we have uh, uh, hand-painted ornaments that are of the cabin. Cool. We have a snow globe with the Tempietto in it, so kind of an iconic oh, Philbrook yeah. snow globe. Um, and we have several other new branded Philbrook um, things, including some coffee that we made a double shot. It's mm. our own coffee now that we have. We have a, a chocolate glacier that we're working on, a special 
chocolate there. And then we have our honey that is from the bees that we have on campus. Oh, cool. So and those things. those all make great gifts. They do. Support a local organization. <laughs> exactly. Win-win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love, like, edible gifts. Like, that's doesn't take up a whole lot of space. Everybody that's loves right. chocolate, coffee, and honey. It's perfect. So. And we can do a nice little gift box for you and kind of get mm-hmm. it all set. And what's nice about those that's really unique, you know, you can't, this, we're the only place you can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Like, everybody has, like, I feel like I have too much stuff. Yeah. So it's nice to have something we use and it goes away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that you still, like, get so much joy exactly. from. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel like you know, the Philbrook gift shop is just one of the great spots in town to get unique yeah. Philbrook and Tulsa centric gifts. Yeah. So definitely, it's a it's a stop for sure for the local holiday shopper. It is, and you know, if if people are members, you, know, you always get your ten percent discount there, mm-hmm. and we have some special member days too, where you get um, a bonus discount. So those are something to kind of look out for, and it's a good incentive too to you know become a member of the museum. And you know, one of my big goals is I want people to come like all the time, mm-hmm. not just once a year for festival or once for that you know to see the exhibition that's up, but to come on, you know, monthly, come weekly. There's different stuff happening all the time, and I want it to be one of those places that on a Friday night you think about, hey, let's go hang out at Philbrook. Yeah, like it's on your radar. Exactly. Yeah, and I see that with um, with a membership, uh, entry to festival is $5. That is correct, yes. And if you're not a member, then it's 15 That's correct. So okay. one little shift that we've made this year from past years and past years, uh, there was members were free. Kids are always free. Kind of that hasn't changed. Um, but we did add this year as something new. So this is a little bit in response to the popularity. And so we were getting slammed certain nights with like a couple thousand people there. Right. Good problem. Yeah. Also, not terribly fun if you're waiting in line for food, restroom, parking, things yeah. like that. So we want to make a really enjoyable experience for everybody that's coming and know it's a very predictable experience. So we're capping the attendance at 1,000 people um, each night. So you kind of know that it'll be like a really pleasant, calm experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but also know that uh, you can buy tickets ahead of time, which is something we haven't been able to do in the past. So if you know you want your family to come on Christmas Eve, which you can, get your ticket now. Yeah. We also, because of the demand with the restaurant, is that we're um, you need to have a ticket in order to get a reservation in the restaurant. So okay. we're kind of attaching those things together. So, you know, today, if you wanted to go out and get a reservation for any of the days that were um, open, you can do that ahead of time. Okay. So it's it's just that we're kind of trying it this year and knowing, too, that Festival is a fundraiser for the museum. And, you know, what we raise throughout the year through different events and people's memberships only pays for a fraction of what it costs to run a place like Philbrook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so this helps us kind of offset a lot of those costs and yeah. most of the things from Festival go to support the programming do throughout the year. We'll be back with more of this conversation. But first, Morgan Phillips reconnects with her inner drama nerd thanks to the Orbit Initiative on this installment of What the What? I was 12, and the full body padding I wore beneath my clothes was soft but itchy. It added a good five dress sizes to my pubescent frame and made me sweat beneath the bright lights. No, I wasn't moonlighting as Santa. I was playing the role of frumpy, grumpy Grandma Kernitz in my middle school's version of the Neil Simon play Lost in Yonkers. Clearly, our rendition was rather realistic, except for my accent, which was supposed to be German but fell a bit short. So, you have no place to go. That's why you want to live with Grandma. Fat suit aside, some of my favorite school memories were backstage or in a green room. Yes, I was a drama rat. 
Except for my grandma role, I was always part of the chorus or ensemble, or I played some non-speaking character. But that didn't matter to me. I loved being a part of something big and shiny. Now every Tulsan can have that same opportunity through the Orbit Initiative. It's a new educational endeavor by the Tulsa Performing Arts Center and Trust that strives to reach citywide to provide theatrical education to any Tulsan interested, free of charge. Everyone from age 4 to 84 is encouraged to participate. Jeremy Stevens is the Tulsa PAC's Education and Development Coordinator who manages the Orbit Initiative, an alliance of the Public Arts Program of the Public Theater in New York City. The process of the, of the Orbit Initiative really began as an opportunity to reach underserved and underrepresented communities. On the second Saturday of each month, Tulsans are invited to one of seven sites across the city where artist educators teach various theater arts. The process is uh, we have community satellites locations where uh, artist educators teach classes in acting, movement, some have visual art. Those are our three main categories um, to community members and participants free of charge. Um, and they're allowed to go through the process of learning the acting profession and what it means to act on stage and act for film, two different, two different things. Um, uh, moving your body, motivation, all those things that are required uh, of an actor. Um, and it kind of sets us up towards uh, a large-scale production more later on that large-scale production. I went on my first Orbit community adventure on November 10th at the Dennis R. Neal Equality Center. This class was taught by Courtney Sanders, director of musical theater at Oral Roberts University. About half of the class were ORU students and half were other community members. I'm Morgan Phillips. I wish I could pass for an ORU student, but I don't <laughs> think I can do that anymore. Courtney taught us about viewpoints, a movement-based technique that teaches awareness of the body. We started off milling and seething, which means walking back and forth through the room, playing with tempo and spatial relationship. Later, we were grouped up and challenged to write our own silent play using viewpoints. My group's play involved a mother-in-law unexpectedly showing up for Thanksgiving dinner and the daughter overcooking the turkey. Family drama is its own form of theater, am I right? To finish the class, we were paired up to perform short written plays. Here's a clip in which I am on a first date with my partner, Victoria. I just got out of a controlling relationship, and now here she is trying to order for me. Potatoes with uh, some mustard or some bacon. No salad? Just potatoes? Uh, I'll take the chicken. No chicken, just potatoes with some mustard or some bacon. Courtney and the others in the class gave great feedback. I felt like the part where I said, like, but I don't like potatoes, like, that was more natural, like, I was kind of, like, hurt more mm -hmm. by it than just delivering the line. Yeah, because you like her at the beginning, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, like, she, now she gives you a reason not to like her. Yeah. The whole process was a lot of fun and an exciting challenge that definitely brought me back to middle school drama practice. If you'd like to participate in an Orbit community adventure, you're in luck. Saturday, December 8th is the next opportunity to learn acting, improv, or movement. Visit facebook.com slash the Orbit Initiative for a list of community sites and times. In January, Orbit kicks into full gear with twice-per-month community adventures. And in June, participants will have the opportunity to be part of a large-scale production, The Tempest, at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center. I hope you'll join in because the more, the merrier. You never know, you might just find me right where I belong, in the ensemble. Until next time, Tulsa.
great work today. Thank you Thank all very you. much. Thank you. I'll see you next month. To get a behind-the-scenes look at this and other adventures, be sure to follow Morgan on Instagram at WhatTheWhatTulsa. When we left off, Scott Stoolin and I were discussing the new additions to this year's Philbrook Festival. But as it turns out, there's an old tradition making a comeback this weekend. That's correct. So the children's party is something that was... uh from kind of Philbrook of the past during the holidays, and we're bringing it back. Mm -hmm. So that'll be a special afternoon uh, event that you can bring the kids, bring the whole family for it. We'll have a lot of things really geared towards uh, children for that day, but it'll be a way of kind of coming out and enjoying parts of festival really suited towards, not that the evenings aren't, but it'll be something that's not past bedtime. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So before the kids get cranky. That is correct. Yeah, Yeah, because 9 p.m. is late. It can be late, as you know, as as a parent of a three and an eight-year-old, it can be some of those yep. times it gets yeah. to be an adventure. So. Are you going to be um, DJing any sets during uh, the festival? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We're mean, still in negotiations. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta have your people talk to their people. Exactly. It's yeah. more what they let me do. Yeah. I would do it every night if they let me. But uh, that was so. so much fun at the opening of the Bogner exhibit. Oh, I was like, you. oh, there's DJ Scott. <laughs> it's I love doing it. It's something I've been doing for years now, and it's uh it's nice too to have somebody in house if we have some like you know a band cancel or something like that i can always kind of step in and fill the void yeah yeah. (laughs) do you have any bands or groups booked that you're excited about as far as for the musical component we have a wide variety we are still waiting on getting final confirmation on Mm -hmm. everything um at this point but expect everything from you know choirs to small uh you know string groups to even some people playing our organ so we'll have the kind of full gamut we have in the past but really kind of focus on more traditional uh music that you'd expect and you know we haven't um confirmed all the groups yet but there was one last year that was kind of one of my personal favorites as we had a group doing gregorian chant in the crest gallery with the italian renaissance paintings and it was beautiful and like really really cool what a like a trans like a feeling like you're transported to another time and place it was very interesting and you know this is something we're hoping to kind of play up in the years going going into the future too is that how do we really think about all of the religious iconography and work that we have in the collection and think about how can we do some tours and do some more um, music and some other things kind of playing off of that that are a big part of what Philbrick's collection is Mm -hmm. playing off of those unique items that Correct. you know people may not realize you've had since the 60s absolutely <laughs> and tell some of the stories because yeah. i think like put it, putting them in like a place and time context <coughs> right as well yeah exactly. i just want to know like and yet all of these unique and odd things from different times and places have ended up in this museum in tulsa oklahoma absolutely but. and there's a lot of stories there's a lot of stories that go how it got here and yeah. sometimes those stories are even more interesting yeah <laughs> And some of those stories were captured on the podcast, right? Museum That's Confidential. Correct, the yeah. first season especially focused just on Philbrook, right? It did, because that podcast kind of kicked off with the Museum Confidential exhibition was kind of the impetus of that. And now it's kind of become, we tell stories of every museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Great. We want Philbrook to continue to be that holiday tradition that you come and enjoy and enjoy with you, your family and your friends and and come back multiple times and know that it's going to be kind of something that we look in the going forward that we're just getting started. We've got some yeah. big surprises in the future. 
How exciting. I've actually, <laughs> despite living in Tulsa for most of my life, I've never actually been. So this oh, year is the oh, year. Oh, got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> we'll get you in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let us know what you think. Yes. I'm sure I will love it. I'm Great. already getting excited. <laughs> the Christmas music has already kind of started to play in the back of my mind 24-7. Well, if you're lucky, too, is you, you may see one of our garden cats out there uh, usually crashing the party. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, Acer in particular. Yeah, he's the... he's the Yeah, the, the social yeah. one. Every single event. There's the amount of weddings that Acer has photobombed over the years, and uh, it happens quite frequently. The other two are a little bit more rare mm-hmm. to be able to see, and you'll never see all three of them in one place at the same no. time. Yeah, <laughs> except the, the November cover of Tulsa People. That is said. right. Yeah. <laughs> we, had to, we had to work pretty hard for that, too. <laughs> I can tell you I still have a scar on my leg from the time we tried to get them all in the, in the same place at the same time for oh, a photo shoot. no. <laughs> They were Talk not, about talent not happy. being difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they just kind of run that place. They they do, and they know it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, I can't imagine that there's a bride in the world who would be upset that Acer photobombed the wedding photos. Not at all. And it's usually a pretty <laughs> a pretty limited appearance kind yeah. of uh, comes through. And there's been a few other, you know, we've had a few other events where it's kind of hors d'oeuvres are going around and suddenly Acer walks in with like a bird. And, uh, oh, I, I like, brought oh, my own snack. There yeah. you go. <laughs> okay, awesome. In case you wondered who's exactly. doing the gathering for the. They, uh, they prefer, you know, it's it's very nice to have the cats there. They're mm-hmm. beloved, you know, big beloved part of the museum and the collection. And they also take care of the garden. Yeah, and they've, there's quite a bit of Philbert cat swag in the gift shop, right? There is, there is. Yeah. And we're hoping to have you more in the future. Excellent. <laughs> uh, holiday shopping, done. Yes. Everything <laughs> cat-themed. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting about Festival. I'm so excited to experience it this year, and I hope that rest of Tulsa buys their tickets to experience it along with me. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me and I look forward to you coming and seeing it. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> All right, thank you. Philbrook Museum is located at 2727 South Rockford Road. Remaining festival dates are Fridays, December 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th, plus Christmas Eve, Monday, December 24th. As a reminder, the children's party is this Sunday, December 7th. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit philbrook.org festival. Adult tickets are $5 for Philbrook members, $15 for non-members, and kids are free but do require a ticket. Hey, thanks for listening to Tulsa Talks. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. And hey, we are all about sharing with the great people of Tulsa, so tell a friend about this podcast. You can follow us at Tulsa People on Twitter and Instagram, or visit our home on the web, TulsaPeople.com. Every episode, we like to play you out with a little bit of local music. Today's selection is Mark Gibson's Blue-Eyed Soul from his 2018 album, Live from Soul City.
Mark Gibson playing various venues this month, including a holiday concert on December 15th at Sol City. For more information, visit markgibsonmusic.com. This episode is brought to you by the Tulsa Botanic Garden, presenting the holiday event Garden of Lights through January 6th. Tulsa Talks is a Langdon Publishing production recorded right here in beautiful downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma.